0: Today's sponsor is EveryPlate. Initially, I thought meal kits had to be expensive, that they were kind of a splurge. But as it turns out, EveryPlate is more affordable than groceries. Their quality ingredients come pre-portioned to help you save money and reduce food waste. You know, like the bag of spinach that I throw out every single week. You can skip the store and let EveryPlate plan, shop, and deliver everything you need to cook a delicious meal at a consistently low price. For me, in the summer, I'd rather be out enjoying the sunshine than cooking. EveryPlate helps me do just that. Simple, stress-free recipes come together in just six steps and are ready in about 30 minutes or less. You can choose between 17 recipes that change every week and swap proteins and sides to your liking, so you can switch up dinner routines however you want. Every Plate helps me experience more of my favorite things in life by saving me time and money, which means more money towards vacations, concerts, the list goes on. You can choose from classic plate, veggie plate, family plate, and easy plate preferences to serve up crowd-pleasing meals night after night. Try Every Plate for just $1.79 per meal by going to everyplate.com and entering the code SELFIE selfie179. Again, that's $1.79 per meal at everyplate.com with the code SELFIE179. Today's episode is sponsored by Somavetic. Somavedic is a device that combines an Eastern approach to health and wellness with modern day technology. If you have a lot of devices in your home, as most of us do, then there are hundreds of signals floating through the air at any given moment. This is called EMF and some people are really sensitive to it and believe that it can cause some not great things in the body as a result of all of these free radicals bouncing around. If you're concerned with the unwanted influences of electromagnetic radiation or geopathic zones, you'll appreciate somavetic. Somavetic devices rely on frequency therapies and the healing powers of precious and semi-precious stones and metals we also want to look at the defenses and distractions to keep us from caring for ourselves like we should. All right, hey guys. Well, today we are going to be talking about some of our favorite winter must-haves, and we're also going to dive into the Enneagram personality type 4.
1: How are you dealing with that really, really chilly winter in Southern California?
0: (laughs) Well, you know what, Sarah, it has been, actually, we've had super weird weather this winter. It has gone from really, really hot to really, really cold. It's been windy and super dry. So pretty much everything I'm about to talk about in terms of winter products has to do with moisturizing.
1: Oh my God, so does mine, which is actually (laughs) kind of funny because I can't complain much Our winter has been really weird here in the Midwest slash South, whatever Oklahoma actually is. It's been in the 60s most days, but then a couple of freezing cold days and then back to the 50s. I mean, it's so weird, but yes, the whole heating once the heater comes on and oh Mm -hmm. my gosh, so dry, so dry. You guys have had some really crazy... Santa Ana winds and things with all the fires
0: and... Yes. So anyone who has not lived in Southern California, the Santa Ana winds are just these winds that blow through and basically bring up all the pollen and dust so that everyone is having an allergy crisis 24-7. Oh oh my God. Terrible. It makes it so dry too. It does make it really dry. Yeah. And then we're dealing with over here, I don't know about your schedule, but my kids... Their holiday break, they don't go back until January, like January 8th. Oh, stop it. Mine went back today. Hello. Yeah, I don't get it. We're on a weird schedule. Like they didn't get out for Christmas until the 22nd. Which that's weird. I know. And then we have all this time in January. What's like, who wants your kids out in January? I wanted them out the week leading up to Christmas so we could go do the Nutcracker and ice skating. And I mean, I guess you can still do that stuff after Christmas, but... The weird January week off feels weird. Yeah.
1: I have to also say on the flip side, having my kids, they got out on Tuesday, the, I don't know, it was like the 19th or something. And I kind of wish they were in school a little longer because that's the week that I am, you know, it's like coming down to the wire before the holidays and I want to get all the presents done. Now, of course you, Little Miss Self Care, who got all of your stuff done (laughs) like weeks and weeks (laughs) ago, but I, you know me. And so I was had, I really struggled because I had so many things to do and yet there they were just like, what's, what's going on? What are we going to do? I'm like, I don't know. (laughs) I really don't know. You know what though?
0: That is fair though, because the day's leading up to them getting off finally on December 22nd, yeah, like every single day my house was like wrapping station or yeah. Christmas card station. So that that's fair. It, yeah. That would suck to have them in my hair while I'm trying to do all that stuff. It's just weird having Christmas on a Monday. It was weird. I know, right?
1: I don't know. It is. I don't know. But yeah, so you don't have much longer. You're almost there, man.
0: You're almost there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's nice and quiet again. I know,
0: right. Get back to my regular schedule.
1: Oh my gosh. <laughs> so, what's up with the winter products? What is tell me. What's well, going on? Well, I with have you?
0: I have so many recommendations. And I know oh, people gosh. may be laughing because I live in Southern California, but I still get very cold. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> So I have to say my number one winter product that I absolutely love, and I'm going to talk about this more than necessary, probably, is my Barefoot Dreams robe. Do you know Barefoot Dreams? Oh,
1: it's that really, really cozy,
0: soft material, right? It is like... I think Chanel technically. Yeah. Chanel. Yes. chenille, Yeah. But it's like super soft. Okay. I was given, I'm going to give a weird backstory of, of my love affair with the Barefoot Dreams brand. When okay. Jafta came home, um, I about said from the hospital, um, my son was <laughs> adopted. I did not give birth to him when he came home from the social services <laughs> office. Um, you know, we had a shower and people gifted me with, Someone gifted me with a blanket for him, and he fell in love with this blanket, a, a Barefoot Dreams blanket. And at the time, it was like this little startup company. I think it's local. Like, I don't think many people had heard of it. And so okay. he loved this blanket. So I decided, because we're like trying to do bonding and all that, that I would buy the robe of the blanket. So every time he laid on me, I would like, oh, feel like the robe, right? So yeah. I ponied up. They are not cheap, but I ponied up for the robe. I have worn that robe. I mean, JAPTA is 13. <laughs> oh, my. Oh, whoa. It's amazing. That's a long amazing. time. It lasts forever. It's so soft. All my kids love my robe. I have since bought my daughters the same robe because they beg for it. So while it is spendy, it, it is really not cheap. How much is uh, it? They. Uh, okay, let me go look. It's $127. But
1: how long has it lasted?
0: It's lasted me 13 years. Let's
1: break that down per day.
0: Day. you go ahead and do that math. <laughs> I'm going to get my calculator. Okay, <laughs> ROI man, I'm all about the ROI. <laughs> well, and um, it it has since been featured as one of Oprah's favorite things. Oh well, then so you got to have I, one. You no, know, I feel like I'm in good company. I was ahead of her. I think she got the idea from me. I'm pretty sure she did. I'm pretty but sure. I my think Girl I had Dreams one of those. Robe, I wear all the time. I have mine is in brown which yeah. I recommend because I it's probably dirty all the time because <laughs> I wear it. I wear it all the time. I'm not kidding. Like, I get home and I put my robe on. <laughs> it's not a sexy robe.
1: <laughs> you know what's so interesting is I have never been a robe wearer, ever. Really? I actually, I almost, I, I'm i pretty sure I got a Barefoot Dreams robe maybe four or five years ago for Christmas. You but probably I, did. I, I I. think I Gave it to Goodwill. I don't remember because oh, I, Sarah, there's something about. But I, I I I'm always cold. I run. I'm cold nature. I run well, cold. Yeah. So, so why aren't you robing it up? I don't know. I think it just makes me. I don't know. I don't know. Well, because is, I like to buy things that keep me cozy that I can actually wear in public, mm. so I don't have to change. I really think that's what I that's do. True. So that's a perfect okay perfect opportunity to tell you about this. Um, I like those cocoon cardigans. Do you know what those are? Yes, I okay. love those. Okay, big and slouchy and cozy and warm. Madewell I'm always has- I'm actually wearing one right are now. Are you? Oh, yeah. I am. So Madewell always does a couple really cute ones every year. And, you know, they always have like some crazy 30 to 40% off everything in the store online, like the, the weeks leading up to Christmas and after. Yeah. So you can always get them on the cheap. Um, but that's what I wear every day. I have just- Like, I think I have a navy, black, and a gray one. Mm -hmm. And I wear them lots of times. Let's be honest. Let's keep it real. Um, I sleep in the winter in (laughs) long-sleeve cotton t-shirts. And most times, I'll just get up and put my bra on and put my cozy cocoon over the shirt I slept in and proceed to wear that shirt all day with my seatbelt um, over it. If you it. put your bra on,
0: I feel like you're ahead of the game.
1: Like that's really? fancy. I, f- that's I feel fancy. like I have to these days. I just don't know. I'm I'm a little bit. I'm like this. No, this no. Well, that's another story. I came downstairs. Boobs. Yeah, with my <laughs> without my bra on. I'm, I think everyone has probably had this moment, but it was the first for me. And my daughter Malou was like, "What is up with your boobs?" <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "What do you mean?" She's like. They just seem a little low. Oh my, gosh. <laughs> oh my god. I mean, can you imagine? I mean, it was the worst <sighs> thing anyone could ever say to me because by the way, I've always had a pretty modest sized chest growing mm-hmm. up, and as I'm getting older, they're getting larger, which that's all <gasps> too. Whole, I mean, they are like I'm talking I have gone up 2 full Cup sizes in the past three years, and I haven't gained weight, so it's not like I mean they're just weird. I don't know what's going on, but I just don't think I like it anyway. So yeah, I throw the bra on, and I got my cozy cocoon sweater, and then when I take them to school, I look like I'm dressed, but I really it's it's basically my robe because I couldn't wear a robe to the grocery store, but I can sure wear my cozy cocoon cocoon sweater. sweater. That's oh, yeah. fair.
0: I think that's a good example. Yeah, I'm wearing I'm wearing a cocoon sweater today over a summer dress. Oh, there you go. That is not weather appropriate, but I threw <laughs> it on and here you go. But you know, whenever you throw a dress on, everyone just thinks you're so put together. Oh, I mean, you know that is my entire trick. People are always like, "You look so Yesterday, I was wearing a dress that is literally <laughs> a t-shirt that ends at my knees. It's a t-shirt. <laughs> I don't it's actually called a cocoon dress. Um, and I saw another mom at school. She's like, "You look at you. Where are you going?" I'm oh. like, "I'm this is me walking around in a t-shirt." Yeah, I'm just wearing Without a t-shirt. Pants on. <laughs>
1: <laughs> just throw a couple leggings on, like pair of leggings with it and you're good to go. Right? Um, I don't even get that far. Yeah, so the cozy cocoon and the robe. That's huge. I'm telling you, I have given a lot of thought this year that maybe I would transition to the robe, but that, that sheer fact of having to change out of it is what's keeping me from getting one.
0: But see, I like the robe because I wear it all at home. Like I, I take a shower and then I don't even get dressed. I work in my robe for like three hours and then I'm like, maybe I should put clothes on, I guess. (laughs) You're such an enabler.
1: You know me, and I've got such a trigger finger. I'm probably, we're probably going to end this, and I'm going to go straight and buy a damn Barefoot Dreams cozy robe.
0: Well, you should, and so should everyone. And speaking of, we will be linking all of the products we talk about up on our um, selfiepodcast.com website. So if if I can enable you with a Barefoot Dreams robe, you won't be sorry.
1: (laughs) I think that's a good (laughs) idea. I don't think I have any other clothing items except for Well, two things. Um, There is a particular roll neck type sweater from Madewell this season, which I am not being sponsored by Madewell, but it's just kind of what I like to wear. It is the cutest sweater and it looks so good. And it comes in like six different colors and it kind of has this turtleneck and the top just slightly curls under, which totally reminds me of when I was in college and everyone wore those J. Crew roll neck sweaters. Do you remember? Oh my
0: gosh. Of course I do. Oh yeah. Totally.
1: Oh yeah. So it's slightly reminiscent of that, but not the big roll like mm-hmm. J Crew. But they're they're the, a really lightweight wool. They're super cozy, really pretty colors. We're gonna link to that too because um, I have it in two different colors, and I'm pretty much gonna pull the trigger on some other ones when they go on sale.
0: Yeah, those are pretty. Those are a nice kind of throwback to the '90s. Yeah, but they're more slimming than the ones we wore in the yes, '90s. That is for yeah. sure. Those are Um, really pretty. Also, slippers. I
1: have to, I I really have to talk about my slippers, my house slippers. Okay, you talk about those, then
0: I'm going to talk about my socks.
1: (laughs) Okay, good. See, we're we're, (laughs) we're just right on it. So I have worn, well, I've gotten several pairs of these. I usually change these out every two years. Because, you know, it's like bare feet and slippers, you know. I usually can go two winter seasons. But... My fuzzy slippers are from L.L. Bean (laughs) and they're called. (laughs) So they're sexy. (laughs) They're super sexy. I'm getting a sexy vibe. (laughs) They're so sexy. Um, They're called the women's wicked good slippers, (laughs) which is the most ridiculous name, but they are so cute. They are like a medium color, tan brown. They look like kind of a moccasin boot but they don't lace and they have like that really soft white furry and they are super oh, like comfortable Sherpa, whatever yeah yeah they're sherpa lined on the inside but they're actually they they are not big and clunky they kind of fit right mm. around the foot but they go up to the ankle because you see I can't wear any like of the regular type slippers because then my ankles get cold this way I can yes. just wear the boots with no socks And everything is warm in that. And I buy them every two years, and I love them. L.L. Bean, they hit it out of the park with their good old women's Wicked Good Slippers.
0: Okay, I like this idea because I don't wear slippers because my ankles are perpetually cold. Cold. That is like the coldest part of my body. Mm -hmm. So in the winter, I always wear um, super fuzzy socks, like fuzzy, fuzzy. Well, basically, it's the same fabric as my robe. I just walk around looking like Chewbacca because I have my brown robe on. Are they barefoot dream socks? They're not. Um, I will link them up. They are from Amazon, like everything I own. Um, But they're just super soft and I wear them. I wear my socks to sleep. Do you wear socks when you're sleeping? (gasps) No. No?
1: No, 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 no. Really? You do?
0: Yes. Oh, I just- Because my feet are always cold. Oh, I need to breathe. My feet need to breathe when I'm sleeping. Well, I often kick them off, but I start the evening with those fuzzy socks on. So I'm telling you, like, post-dinner, my bra's off, my robe's on, and my fuzzy socks. So like you're saying, you get out of the shower when you were getting ready in the morning. Yes. And you get out of the shower, and you
1: just throw on your robe, and like, that's all you're wearing. And like, you'll just end up working in it because it's so cozy.
0: Oh yeah. Well, I'm weird too. I don't like to put my clothing. This is weird. I don't like to put my clothing on until my hair is completely done and my makeup's done. Really? No. No,
1: I agree. I'm the same way. Yeah. I I don't like to dry my hair. But then, what are you wearing? Um, I have a special drawer of just kind of um, they're they're not really they're kind of pajama pants and tank tops. And then I Mm. also have in the summer. Well. Every other month besides the freezing cold ones, I have two bathing suit cover-ups that are tank top that I actually always wear every day when I get out of the shower. And then I put oh. on my makeup and dry my hair with the, it's just like a long knee length muumu, essentially. Yeah.
0: Like a that caftan.
1: I, yeah, like a caftan. So that's what I wear when I'm getting ready. And if it's colder, I'll wear like a t-shirt and pajama pants getting ready because I don't like to dry my hair and risk like getting sweaty or anything in the clothes yes. I'm going to put on. Same. Yeah. Yep. I hear you. I don't, but see, I could never get ready in a robe. I would get too hot, like blow drying your hair in a robe.
0: Well, I have multiple robes. Oh, oh, I see. So, you know, oh. the, the barefoot dreams one is that's, you know, that's for cozy time walking around the house, but my post shower robe is linen.
1: Oh, <laughs> now I can get, I'm down with that. Just yeah. Something lightweight. I'm, yeah. I need to maybe I'll link to some of these caftans that I found that are really cute because you can wear them in the summer too over your bathing suit. Totally, and then you get you get your ROI when you wear
0: them all the time when you're drying your hair. You see, see, my issue though would be if I put that on, I would wear it the entire day. (laughs) Well, they they, they're sheer though. I would
1: too, but you can't be going out to like Trader Joe's in it because of the lights behind you. It's like, oh, there's
0: my naked body essentially. Enjoy, yeah, yeah, enjoy. Good, Mm, yes. Oh, this I'm going to link this fuzzy socks up. Okay. And then I'm also obsessed. I clearly have a thing with fuzzy. I have this like shaggy fuzzy faux fur blanket. Okay. That I wrap myself in pretty much every night in front of the fire and it makes me feel so cozy and happy.
1: You just like to be cozy.
0: I Who do. doesn't I'm like, gonna like to be cozy? To this one. This one you guys, this this um blanket that I love has a thousand five-star positive v- reviews on Amazon. It what? is so cozy. It comes in every color. It comes in multiple sizes. I can't explain how soft it is. It's it is like a puppy soft. <laughs> Oh my it's gosh! I think so I'd like
1: luxurious to see you with the socks and the robe and the blanket I, all together. I know.
0: It is a sight; it's a sight to behold. I'm sure. I don't know. I don't know if you'd be able to contain yourself. Can we use that as our <laughs>
1: featured photo on our note, yes. show notes? Just you <laughs> lounging by your fire, <laughs> totally in all of my in all of my fuzzy glory. <laughs> oh, god. oh my god! Okay, so uh, is that enough with you? Do you have any more fuzzy? Any other fuzzy? Options you'd like to talk about, Kristen? Um, I don't
0: know. I might come back to it. I don't want to like be held
1: to. Uh, Okay, yeah, (laughs) we might circle back, circle back on the fuzz. Yeah. Okay. So what about? Okay. What about beauty, body care things? Well, I mean,
0: pretty much, and this is true right now. My skin is so dry in the winter. Like, yeah, so dry. So my number one recommendation for that is, we talked about before, Marula oil. Mm-hmm. It's an amazing oil. You can use it for everything. Um, I slather it on my face um, at night. And then if I'm home working and I'm not going to see anyone, I slather on my face too. Now, this is not something, for me at least, that you can kind of walk around wearing yeah, out no. in public because it makes you look like an oil slick.
1: hmm
0: Um, But it is just the very best for chapped skin. Um, I like, well, okay, I'm recommending two options that we'll link up on selfiepodcast.com. One is Acure, which is an amazing brand of really budget-friendly organic stuff. Mm -hmm. You know Clean products And it's on sale On Amazon For $8.99 Right now Oh that's really good Uh, Right For Arula oil Or Marula oil Now there's also I've also used The Drunk Elephant Marula oil That Mm -hmm. one Is $72 And honestly They are both I've looked into Both
1: of those oils And they're both Sourced very Very well So I mean Definitely go for The Acure Well I know That's
0: the thing I'm a little bit like What's the difference (laughs)
1: Right. It's, and it really is just where it's coming from and the branding, Yeah. you know, know. but a a cure, so. cure does a really good job of finding really good sources for their organic it's stuff. It's such so. a
0: fantastic brand. And I just put, I put, I do the subscribe and save on Amazon. So I mm-hmm. just have it coming to me once a month. My boys use it for their skin. It's, it's fantastic. That's so good. Um, it's probably no surprise to you that the entire
1: rest of my list for favorite winter products is... <laughs> In the skincare realm. (laughs) And I really had to whittle it down, Kristen. I really had to whittle it down.
2: Um, (laughs) What have you you got? Well, I
1: just, I have to talk about balms. Because I think a lot of people don't realize how awesome balms can be. And now with so many natural and organic options that don't clog the skin. Because I think lots of people kind of like, ooh, a balm. Like that's probably a little too much for my face but all the ones I'm going to talk about are great for bases, And I've kind of picked a couple in different price points. Um, the first one, which I want to talk to you about specifically, Kristen Howerton, okay. is have you heard of Waxoline? No. Okay. So Waxoline is basically a natural alternative to Vaseline. It, it, okay. it looks the same. It acts the same. And I know, I, I think I recall you mentioning still using Vaseline a little bit around your brows or something.
0: Well, I do use Vaseline when I'm dyeing my eyebrows yeah. and applying the um toxic dye. Yes. So, <laughs> to could to we
1: Can we reduce the toxic exposure by only 8%? <laughs> okay. You're only re- Okay. <laughs> but in Vaseline, it's 12.99. It's not super expensive, Ooh. but it doesn't it's not petrolatum based, right? Like Vaseline is, which is horrible for you. It's so horrible. No, it I, is really I agree. Bad. And I think a lot of people still use it for little, like, you know, abrasions or just like little spots, uh, dry spots and stuff, but there really is a really good alternative. Okay. But moving on. So a lot of these balms are all um, essential oil based, or they might even have like a marula or some sort of oil in them, but they Mm -hmm. have that kind of, you know, waxy, um, a little bit thicker consistency than oil, right? So there's two that I absolutely love, Leolani Bless Balm which smells like orange blossom. It's a blush pink color. I mean, it smells so good. I could just stick it up to my nose all day long. Leolani, all of her products are made in Hawaii. They're organic. They're beautiful. The packaging's lovely. And that stuff you can use for anything. Any dry spots, um, flaky skin, bug bites, scratches, anything. Same goes for the Maya Chia balm, which you know I've spoken about Maya Chia a lot in my skincare posts. They have another balm and that one's almost like a harder, waxier type balm. Mm-hmm. But like once you like scoop a little bit out and put it in your hand, like once it hits the warmth of your skin, um it kind of melts down, you can rub it right in. So I rub that at night. I take a little scoop of it, put it in the palm of my hand, let it warm up, and then I put it all over my hands and like really focus on my cuticles because mm. my cuticles get so dry. Oh, I know, you know, um, and Same. that works really, really well. And those are both in the forty dollar range. Now balms; these balms can last literally for at least a year and a half. Wow. I think. It, I think at that point, it's you need to get rid of it anyway. But. So the $40 will last you a full year because you need such a small amount of it to make it work. But balms just, I mean, they are powerhouses when it comes to actually delivering hydration into the skin.
0: Well, I usually just moisturize. I use the same lotion all year round. I've used it for years. It's the Hemp's Herbal Body Lotion. Have you smelled that stuff? I haven't. And I'm actually looking for a new body lotion. Oh, it smells heavenly. It doesn't smell... I don't think it smells like hemp. Because I use um, hemp oil, actually, which is another really great product for dry skin, especially if you're acne prone. Um, Marula is great, but hemp seed oil is also really great and moisturizing and relatively inexpensive. But um, this herbal body lotion smells... There, I don't even know what the smell is. It just smells amazing. Every time I wear it, people are like, you smell so good. Yeah. Um, so that's a nice one. And then I also like the Ahava hand cream. It's like, it's made with Dead Sea Minerals. It's a really great company. Um, and it smells nice too. So I use that hand cream quite a bit.
1: Yeah, I'm still, I was, I was going to, in 2018, really try to transition into using all oils, even on my body. Mm -hmm. but I'm, I'm super impatient and I haven't quite found one yet that absorbs as quickly as I want it to. So I'm definitely on the search for, um, a good body lotion lotion that's clean, which I'm guessing the hemp's one. I mean, I haven't looked at it yet, but I'm thinking it probably,
0: well, it's free, you know, it's free of the parabens and sulfates. Okay. Um, but I'm not sure about the other stuff.
1: Well, I'll have to look into it.
0: You'll have to and then let us and know. And report
1: back. Yes.
0: Well, speaking of good sense, I love me some candles mm-hmm. in the winter. Love, love, love. So, I feel like that is like a mood setter for me and I like different candles based on the time of year. So, around October, I will roll out my, you know, pumpkin spice candles. <laughs> and I love then those. I love them, but then I get sick of them. Oh, yeah. They're so just very seasonal, seasonal for sure. So I'll do that. And then once Thanksgiving is over, it's all about candles that smell like a Christmas tree. Yes. <laughs> yes, 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 I yes. love. So right now I'm obsessed with Times has a Fraser Fir Pine Needle candle. And I have to use fake trees because of my allergies. So mm-hmm. I love that I can light a candle and it smells like Christmas. But I'll link up to this one. You'll see this one also has, like, amazing Amazon reviews. Okay, I'm very not the cool. only one obsessed with this candle. But it's really – it smells so Christmassy. Um, yeah. that We're the same way about candles, too. And anything that smells like
1: pine or fir, trees, I'm all over. And we talked about this in the gift guide, but the Vitruvi – Uh, diffuser Mm -hmm. that um, I Mm -hmm. use, they have a pine or fir or whatever they want to call it. Oil. Yeah. Yeah. And so does Woodlot. Oh my gosh. So does Woodlot. I need both. Yeah. So even if you want to, you know, switch back and forth from a candle to an oil diffuser, they've got some really good scents that are nice and smell so much
0: like the holidays. Oh my gosh. I have to tell you, Sarah, in our holiday gift guide, you recommended um, it was like a, a stick you could burn. And I can't oh, think of what it was Palo called Santo. Palo Santo. Palo Santo. I ordered some <gasps> and I used it. Well, first of all, I love it, but my children were like, I'm dying. I'm dying of smoke. I'm dying. <laughs> it's no, it is serious. Like you have to only is burn
1: the tiniest bit of the end, or you yeah. will literally set off your smoke alarm.
0: Oh, well, I didn't do that. I like literally lit the whole thing on fire and just had a fire happening. I put it in a mug because I didn't have anything to put it in. I just had a fire in a mug. Oh my God. I can't even imagine how pungent that must've been in your house. But I liked it. I mean, because also my fireplace is fake. So I have a fake Christmas tree and a fake fireplace Um, So I never get the smell of a fireplace and I feel like it smelled like a fireplace. And here's another thing about that Palo Santo, which we'll also link up to again. If you happened to have children with a massive stinky feet problem. Oh, yeah. You just burn a little of that in the room and it's gone.
1: That's perfect. (laughs) Yeah. Seriously, it does. It will take out any sort of scent.
0: Yeah. So it's very Christmassy scent. It is. I mean,
1: it just reminds me of being like in the mountains
0: yes. somewhere, you know, just like a totally. crisp,
1: like woodsy smell. And it's not as, um, what's the other one people? Sage. Sage is like a little bit too yeah. much for me. I, sometimes yeah. I'm like, woo, I cannot breathe this in anymore, but there's, it's like, it's the sweet little sister of sage or something. It is.
0: I agree. It's like the
1: campfire version of sage. I love it. it's so funny that you said that because I after our holiday gift guide basically went on and bought everything you talked about for my kids for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like letterboard, like check. Um, the, oh, the <laughs> little the little star thing on the ceiling, check. Yeah, you're the, gonna love it. Um, What was the other? Oh, the reading box, check. <gasps> oh, um, God, red box. Oh yeah, I I so good. So thank you, thank you. For well, all of your lovely ideas. Okay, Um, lips. I got to talk about lips before we move on. Yes. We still have a couple oh my more gosh, things, my lips but, are so um, dry right now. My stress thing that I do with my body is I chew the skin off my lips. So that's my mm. number one problem. And then winter rolls around and they get dry and they feel kind of like, you know, they start to get rough. And then I start ripping them off with my teeth. It's just, yep. oh my gosh, it's so gross. Familiar. I do that <laughs> so too. I am all about polishing lip polishes. To like, you know, work it off. And there's, I mean, honestly, you can make your own lip polish. All you have to do is put sugar with some kind of oil. And there you go. But um, I do really love Carrie Gran. She makes a lip polish that I really, really love. It's in a little tiny pot. I rub it on my lips. Sometimes I put it on with my toothbrush. Like I kind of put it on and then I rub my toothbrush across of it when it's almost off. Ah. And then she also makes these lip whips which are really moisturizing lip balms, but they're tinted and they're the prettiest colors. And so I kind of do that combo of the lip polish and then put the lip whips on, which I like. But I have to say, I have done a lot of research, personal, personal research on lip balms. And the best one I have ever found is by Bite Beauty, which you can mm-hmm. buy at Sephora. It's called the Bite Beauty Agave Lip Mask. It's in a little black tube. It tastes like birthday cake. yet what? Yeah, it tastes so good. And yet, you know, Bite Beauty is very, very clean. And it just is one of those balms you put on at night and it's on all night. Like it moisturizes all night. It does not wear off. It makes your lips so supple and soft. And I swear by the stuff, if I run out of it, I I, I feel I'm like in a crisis situation.
0: (laughs) It's so good. I need some advice. I need some advice from you on the lip front because you remember that I became obsessed with the sugar lipstick. Like yeah they're like lipsticks, you know yes. that brand yeah. sugar yeah um, and they're a little bit tinted. they're very moisturizing, and I would wear those every single day um as my lipstick because mm-hmm. they feel like a chapstick or nicer I mean they they feel like you know a, a treatment, but they look like you're wearing lipstick right and then you burst my bubble <laughs> <laughs> you party poopered
1: I'm so sorry and, and in,
0: no, but I'm glad you did and informed me because I was under the impression these were clean because they kind of build themselves like that. Right. But they are not. So what is my best replacement for Well, that? do you
1: want it to be a, a, like a roll up like that? Like where it's in a, you roll it up and put it on? You know what I'm saying? I don't
0: really like you, care. No, okay. I don't care. I don't mind <laughs> gloss, the gloss application. Okay.
1: So there's a couple of options. If you want one that's in a tube that you can roll up, well people are, Well People makes this great one called Nudist Lip Butter. And it rolls up. It has, I think there's like six or seven shades, but they're all very sheer. You know, it's nothing opaque. Uh So you can wear it every day. And they moisturize and they taste good and they're completely clean. So if you're wanting to move from sugar, I would look at the Well People Nudist Lip Butter. But I also have to say- Bite Beauty, that agave lip mask that I talk about that I love so much, also has a tinted version, and it's like a rose-tinted oh. one, so you can actually buy oh. that to wear during the day, and then, like I said, those Carrie Grand lip whips have several colors, and they're super moisturizing, but they are in a pot. And I know a lot of people don't want to deal with the pot, including me. I love them. But lots of times if I'm – something I'm going to put in my purse is going to be something I roll up because I don't have to stick my finger yeah. in it. And then what do you do with your finger after you put it on? You know, it's like, ugh, wipe it on your jeans. So you true. Know? You know? Yes. So those would be good options to make the switch from the sugar. And if I think of any okay. more, I'll put them up on selfiepodcast.com.
0: Good. Well, one last little splurge I have during the winter is a tea and um, it is probably, it's not organic, but it is celestial seasonings. They only do it in the winter. It is called sugar cookie sleigh ride. I've had it. it. I know. My daughter is obsessed. We wait for it every winter. It does taste like a sugar cookie. It's delicious. I put a little stevia in mine. It's, again, probably not the best for you because it's not organic, but it's my little winter treat. Winter tea. Treat. And speaking of teas, my last thing was actually
1: my Yeti tumbler. Um, living in Oklahoma, you know, it's just like the stainless steel tumbler that you take around with you, Yes, which is, uh-huh. y- you have to have those in Oklahoma. You have to have them in the summer cause it gets so hot. Anything will, anything will get hot immediately. So it keeps your water really cold, but also keeps your tea really warm when you're out running errands and doing all the things you do. I love my Yeti. I can't live without it. It used to have like a, the top used to have like a little indention that you drink out of, but they just recently made one that like you can slide it back and forth so you can close it off. So you can't, it's like spill proof, but I love my Yeti. Okay. Well, we, that's tons of winter products, but we really need to move ahead. We've got to forge forward. Um, mm-hmm. We are talking about the type four in the Enneagram this week.
0: anywhere. That's S-E-L-F-I-E to get 15% off your first order at dearbrightly.com. So when I was a teen learning to shave my legs, my mom did not do me any favors by buying me really cheap disposable razors. If you grew up in as a teen in the 90s, you know the ones, and they left nicks and cuts all over me when I was trying to shave. So I cartridges, a cute little magnetic hook for your shower storage, and your choice of a handle color. I personally chose the coral, but what I really like about it is they have a ton of different colors, black, white, pastel, neon. So if you have a big family like mine, everyone can have the razor in their own color so you don't get them confused. What I also love about Athena Club, you guys know I love automating things. You never have to worry about dull blades because they send refills on your schedule. You just choose how often you want them and they will send them automatically with free shipping. I would also highly recommend their Cloud Shave Foam too. It's insanely thick and stays on while you shave so you don't have to reapply. It leaves your skin feeling very moisturized. It's really, really good. If you want to try a great quality razor that cuts down on the wastefulness of disposable razors, try Athena Club Razor Kit. You can get 20% off your first order at Athena Club. with the promo code SELFIE. That's A-T-H-E-N-A-C-L-U-B.com with the promo code SELFIE for 20% off. Yes, so this is the fifth in our series on the Enneagram. If you're not familiar, the Enneagram is a fascinating personality typing to really put you on a path to self-discovery. Sarah and I have found it incredibly useful in our relationships and in our personal life, so much so that yes, we have dedicated much conversation (laughs) to the Enneagram. Well, I haven't even told you, Kristen, but after doing these interviews
1: and learning so much, I actually purchased some of these books that I kept on hearing about repeatedly from the people we were interviewing about the Enneagram. And one of them is called The Road Back to You by Ian Morgan Cron and Suzanne Mm -hmm. Stabile. And it's the book that everyone's been suggesting. If you're just starting to get into the Enneagram, you should read. And I have to tell you, this book has become my constant companion. My friends who take the test, immediately when they tell me what their number is, I will text a photo of like <laughs> what it means to be their number. I'm all about this book. So I thought I could just read a couple of, they do these really cool things on every type. They have a page called what it's like to be a blank,
2: this oh. being, what it's like
1: to be a four. And it's a series of statements to see if you kind of relate with those. So what he, what they have for what it's like to be a four It says, I like things that are unconventional, dramatic, and refined. I'm definitely not a fan of the ordinary. I never really felt like I belonged. I have so many feelings in a day, it's hard to know which ones to pay attention to first. Some people think I'm aloof, but I'm really just unique. In social situations, I tend to hang back and wait for others to approach me. This one I thought was interesting. Melanch- melancholy is comfortable for me, so it's annoying when people try mm. to cheer me up. Mm. Does that ring true from what you know of fours? Yes, or very much. Really, so. really. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, there's a, there's a lot of this um, common theme of I'm not like everyone else.
0: I'm different. Yes, it's interesting. I was just at a gathering um, of other writers. And this particular group is super into the Enneagram. There was about 50 of us. And the there were three fours in the group. And all of them were dressed like, like it just totally made sense. Like really? one of them had like a flowy hippie skirt and she was wearing like a fanny pack over it. And then the two guys were both, ironically, on the same day wearing red, bright red jeans. Really? <laughs> and just like they're the guys that are always just kind of dressed. Differently, not in a, yeah. ab- I mean, actually really stylish, but all of the fours I know definitely have this kind of eccentric vibe, you know? There's definitely kind of an artistic, creative yes. thing going through. Very,
1: um, very much. So, I mean, they're very, fours are very interesting to me.
0: They are. Okay. So today's episode on a four is with a very fascinating person as well. It's with my friend, Holly Rankinzier. She is a extremely progressive Episcopalian priest, which is, you know, kind of different and fascinating too. Yeah. Um, so she chats with us about what it is like for her being a four. So Holly, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me, Kristen. So let's talk a little bit about what an Enneagram 4 looks like. For you, what are kind of some of the hallmarks of an Enneagram 4 personality?
2: I remember going to this training once, uh, a Richard Rohr video series on uh, the Enneagram. I was convinced I was a one at that point. And he mentions that um, in any given room, he looks around and see who is wearing a hat. And generally speaking, those people are force. And of course, I was wearing a hat. <laughs> and so I thought, are you serious? Uh, but one of the definers and markers is just dress that's a just a smidge different. Um, so force tend to be really creative. It's the individualistic um, type. Uh, they're the individual. Um, and they kind of take a lot of pride in that persona um, on being kind of the outsider um, so that those are some of the things that, like from my hats and my scarves, or and it's not that anyone, no one else wears hats and scarves. And fours usually don the, that kind of attire. So it's a, it's a funny kind of uh, almost a moniker, a visible, visible moniker for fours. That's so interesting. Yeah, fours. I think they kind of have
0: a reputation as the sort of tortured artist, individualist,
2: unique, kind of in their own head. Yes, totally. I mean, from from high in high school, people were calling me UniQ, You know, unique. You know, that was uh, everybody said, "Oh, we can't wait till we have kids; we'll send them to you because you'll do the art cra- arts and crafts with them." You know, you'll you'll be creative with them, um, which is you know kind of interesting uh, when I when I look back now and I think, "Oh, that was always who I've been." You know,
0: that's interesting. So, tell me a little bit, you know, about if if you were going to describe some of the healthy and positive attributes of a four, some of the things that you really feel good about and embrace. Tell me about some of those and then we'll kind of look
2: at the dark side of being a four as well. Oh, of course. Um, You know, I think some of the healthy things about being a four for me are that um, I can hold two disparate ideas together and, and see where they connect I make connections between a lot of disparate ideas, things that people don't expect to connect, and I believe that that's part of like the strength of the four. Um, Fours don't tend to deal in binaries, and so black and white thinking doesn't make sense to them, Um, which is really funny because I, you know, I think developmentally everybody goes through a black and white thinking phase, right? but generally speaking, they're able to hold those two things, uh, hold things in tension. And so I think about um, when people were saying, well, you're either this or that, I would go, "Eh, I think there's a third way, right? Um, I think they uh, ask questions of institutions and systems um, and offer an alternative way of thinking, um, which can be really beneficial and can be seriously annoying, right? So um, but I think that's that's part yeah. of the four's gift yeah. to the world, is that they see things through a different lens, and they're able to make connections. Um, so that's, I mean, that's some of the, like, what goes on in my head. Um, so I, I think because they also kind of observe the world, they tend to see themselves as an outsider. Um, and, you know, again, the positives of that are being able to uh, perhaps see things with, um, through a different lens, maybe see who's connecting and who's not connecting in terms of relationally. Um, and, uh, and recognize that there might be a way of doing things, but perhaps there's a different way, you know, um, there's a system and this is what you're supposed to do. And force will always think that they have a, um, a way that they should be able to bypass the system. Um, and again, I think that there's some healthy and good things in that because they offer an alternative way of viewing the world. Um, there's also some, some dark sides too.
0: Well, you know, as you're describing fours, um, are really good at thinking outside of the box, finding that third way, like you said, um, holding nuance, but how does that get fours into trouble when they're relating to others or a job, things like that?
2: Yeah, I think, um, it's really been fascinating. The more I've gotten into the Enneagram, recognizing the places where I um, really do expect um, expect the exception right and so hmm. there are ways that I can say hey this is this is the way that you're supposed to do it you're supposed to you know get a degree here and then you're supposed to go work for a couple of years here you know there's a way there's a pathway right and there's a way that questioning that pathway sometimes is helpful because it opens up new opportunities that allows people to see differences. And there are ways that sometimes it's just, it, you just, sometimes you just have to sit at the DMV for a while, you know, like, and so I think that sometimes for the fours, they get really impatient because they think there's got to be a way to crack the system. There's got to be a workaround, right? And so when it doesn't work for them, when the workaround doesn't work or is not available, it can be incredibly frustrating. Um, So one of the one of the kind of crazy examples in my life, that was never something that I sat out and planned or I thought this is the way I'm going to do it. Right. I went straight from my undergrad. I have a math degree, by the way, um, to uh, to seminary and became a youth minister. Well, in my tradition, in the Episcopal tradition, you are sent to seminary as um, for ordination. I wasn't planning on being ordained, so it didn't matter. I didn't need to be sent. And it wasn't until later on when I decided to be ordained that I recognized that how people perceived my actions was not what I intended them to be. I didn't intend them to be perceived like that. So I it looks like I worked around the system. Right. And that's part of just like, well, that's just how I did it. You know, I did it backwards. Um. But in my tradition, you don't do that backwards. So that can get people in trouble. I've seen people who um, have not been able to, um, were not able to go through the the ordination process because they did something differently. And I've seen it in other jobs. For some reason, it did work out for me, uh, but it was a long and (laughs) harried road.
0: Well, it seems like that, that tendency towards exceptionalism um, I can break the rules. I can do things a different way is a bit of a hallmark for the fours. Would you say?
2: Oh yeah. I, yes. Yes. And again, I think that at its best, it can mean that there are people who crack glass ceilings. It could be people who are incredible innovators and solve huge problems in the world because they try solutions that other people wouldn't try. And it could give them an incredible relational, um, Uh, trouble and trouble at work because they're not doing things that fit the system. Um, And so really, I mean, to me, and perhaps this is me more internalizing my foreignness, but like it seems to me that uh, fours really are about some type of change, whether it's internal change, because there's a lot of internal angst and uh, you know, existential crisis going on with the four, uh, but also uh, systematic and societal change. Uh, which can be incredibly frustrating to the four because both of those things happen incredibly slowly. Um, They're not fast fixes.
0: Right. And, you know, it's interesting. One of the struggles that I have had as a three, you know, so I am the kind of ambitious productivity type. um, When I'm interacting with a four is that fours tend to want to ideate they want to talk, they want to look at all sides, and I just want to slam it home, you know? And um, that has been an interesting um, dy- dynamic for me, learning how to approach fours and allow them the time and the space to really think all of it through instead of requiring the same level of, like, let's just get it done that I've got in my own personality type.
2: Well, for me as a four with a three wing, there's a sense of ambitiousness there. Um, And at the same time, there's that tension of, well, we got to look at all the sides. We got to look at all the ways that we can look at, uh, do whatever it is we're thinking about doing. And 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 that's where I I love the Enneagram because when when we're moving towards health, we're moving towards a one, we're moving towards externalizing um, our greatest gifts to the world. And so when we can do that, then we're moving towards a place where uh, we no longer, especially as fours, are, are focused on ourselves but we can bring what's good in ourselves out to the world. Um, Anyway, at our best.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, you mentioned that um, bit of self-absorption. That can be true for fours. They can tend to be internal. They can tend to, um, you know, stew and think. Um, For you, how do you make sure that you're balanced in your need for thoughtfulness and personal insight, but then also that you're still engaged, you know, in the world and relationship and all that kind of thing.
2: Did you say a little self-absorption? Because that just, (laughs) yeah, like it's self-absorption, right? Like, and, and the the other part, which is so hard is that the the deep level of insecurity, I mean, fours have this creative self, and they recognize, many of them recognize it, but there really is that kind of tortured artist, as you said before, at a deep level of insecurity, that the the simultaneous, um, I am amazing, and I'm so not amazing, both existing at the same time, and and really to somehow make peace with that, I think allows, uh, at least it has allowed me and allowed a lot of people I've worked with, to be able to embrace the four. So the, what it's looked like for me is um, doing work with people who are in need, whether it's physical need, emotional need, spiritual need. Um, It's, you know, working on in summers and in the Bronx, it's, um, you know, building houses, it's working with teenagers and for my life, you know, pretty much that's what I've done most of my life is work with young people um, who in many ways are disenfranchised in our culture. And so for me, channeling my creative energy and thought into that kind of work has helped um, give me a bigger picture of the world. Uh, And I hope I'm not as self-absorbed as I can be or have been in the past.
0: So self-absorption is, you know, one aspect of perhaps the dark side of being a four. Um, What are some others? I mean, I think I've heard that fours can be prone to depression.
2: Yeah, you know, I'm not a, I mean, I do, I have kind of snippets of um, of being down. Uh, For me, depression is not um, my my thing that I've really um, struggled with. I I do struggle with anxiety. Um, which mm. is, uh, you know, I think a sister to depression. Um, yeah. And so this anxiety of whether or not I'll be able to perform again in my my three wing, um, whether I'll be able to do, be successful in what I'm trying to do, my creative endeavor. Um, I think the other thing that's been really helpful is this, um, the disintegration piece towards a two. As a woman who grew up in the South and a very Christian context, um, everything that was put out there for me was, oh, this is what a Christian woman looks like. She serves all the time and is giving of herself, et cetera. Um, that was a two in many ways. The, 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 the ultimate Christian woman in the South is a two. Um, Absolutely. What I realized growing up, uh, not growing up, what I realized just in the last few years is that one of my struggles with that is that for me to go to a two is to move towards disintegration. Um, And so for me, discernment is trying to figure out when am I being unhealthy in my need for either control or to quote unquote, help someone. And when is it coming from this deep place inside me that wants to, um, and that doesn't mean that sometimes you don't do, you do things because you're supposed to do them, right? Like that's just kind of part of life. But for me as a four living in the South, um, that that's been a real um helpful way for me to look at, at the and in a helpful kind of moments of figuring out when am I moving towards disintegration. Um, I think it's specifically about uh, my relationship with my husband. Um, my husband and I think very differently. He is a uh he's a slower processor than me. I'm a very fast processor. I'm a very fast talker, uh, much to my congregation's chagrin. But one of the things that's helpful for me is I there are times that I ask my husband certain questions. Um, and, or I'll say, Oh, I'll do that for you. And he'll look at me and he'll say, I, I can do it. I'm fine. You know, and that has been a real helpful clue for me to go, Oh, I'm overstepping my bounds. I'm overstepping my boundaries. I'm operating, I'm disintegrating, moving towards disintegration in a two aspect instead of embracing kind of my, my wholeness and my uniqueness and moving towards something else. Um, at the other time, at the same time, there are times when it's just very clear, like, oh, I want to go make someone a meal and go bring them over, bring it over to them, um, and sit with them. Um, but that's that's probably not my first go, if that makes sense. Um, so, yeah, it does.
0: Um, so if you're looking at your personality and you know being a four, and if you're looking at the things that you really embrace about it, the things that you feel good about, the things that you feel are strengths of your personality type. What are some of those things?
2: I, I really think my one of my strong um, my strong s- strengths is being able to take disparate subjects and make connections between them. And so whether or not I'm looking at, say, the Christian scriptures and trying to figure out and pull uh, something that would make sense for people i'm I'm speaking with in my in my um, in my vocation as an episcopal priest, or whether I'm teaching Title I students, Um, in this class I used to teach called theory of knowledge, where we would try to connect all these different subjects. Uh, That's where, that's where I feel really good. I feel like I'm, I'm in my, I'm in the zone. Um, I'm able to connect those, those ideas and thoughts and have conversations, um, you know, in the middle of a, a clergy gathering, bringing up an APA study, you know, things that sometimes don't seem to match, um, but they match in my head and I can offer it to the world.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. So, you know, for, for the fours who are listening today, what advice would you give other fours? What advice would you give, you know, maybe people who are just now learning about this stuff and, um, who are, you know, trying to figure out what all of this means for their personality? What wisdom have you gleaned about being your best four self?
2: I think, um, you know, fours are good at reflection. Um, but these categories for me has helped, have helped me make meaning of where I am in my life and what's going on. Um, so I think for fours to put in, um, to have these categories of the Enneagram, to be able to reflect on them, to be able to say, oh, this makes sense, or this doesn't make sense, or these, these can be clues for me to know when I'm disintegrating. Um, for instance, I had went to another Enneagram training not too long ago. And, um, the person who was speaking was a four And he was talking about how he realized he provoked other people's emotion when they weren't giving him enough emotion. And all of a sudden, my eyes and my husband's eyes got so big because I do that in my marriage, right? And so if Mm -hmm. if my husband's not responding to me emotionally in the way that I want, I will just pick and pick and pick until I get some kind of emotional response. It might not be what I want. So whatever it is um, to, to reflect using these categories to be able to notice when you start to disintegrate has been so incredibly helpful for me to be able to stop myself. Sometimes not stop myself, sometimes even just to watch myself, watch the train wreck <laughs> and hopefully learn from it because I have some more information, some more data, some more experience that I can put in these categories.
0: That makes sense. That's good. How about for the people who are listening who are not fours? What, what's, you know, what are a couple things that you wish other people really understood about fours? Or what parts of being a four do you feel like maybe are misunderstood that you wish you could correct?
2: You know, I think some people um, think that fours are just too much emotionally. Um, and so whatever we can do to give people space to be themselves, I think can be helpful Um, and if you can't do that, to be able to, to gather enough health, to be able to say, I I hear what you're asking for, and I can't give it to you right now to be able to, to give them some space in one way or another, I think could be helpful. Um, I think there, there is a way that fours tend to retreat, especially when they are bruised, their ego is bruised. Um, and there are ways that their friends and family can, be helpful when that happens in ways that aren't particularly helpful. And a lot of that is very individualized, but to be able to, to recognize, Hey, I noticed that you're pulling away how, you know, what's going on might be helpful. Um, And I think lastly um, to, you know, if there's a four who's pretty self-absorbed to invite them to try to do some other things to help someone else Um, not give advice to do that, (laughs) but rather (laughs) invite them to with you to, to try to, to do something else. Uh, might help spur that kind of growth and movement towards health. Uh, because health, um, at least my understanding of the Enneagram, and I'm still, I'm still very much a learner in this, is somehow embracing all of each of these parts, your, your number, where you move towards in health, and where you move in disintegration. And so how do we kind of integrate these things together? Um, and we need community. Yeah. And for me, one of the gifts of the four is that generally fours recognize that we need each other. Um, And so if we can listen to each other and listen to the four, perhaps we can do better at coming to the table, even when we disagree on really hard things. That's good.
0: Well, Holly, thank you so much for talking with us. I feel like I understand fours so much better now. Thanks, Kristen. I appreciate it. It was great.
1: Okay, wow, that was super informative. I am so loving these interviews. I feel like I'm just really starting to see... The, not only the big picture, but the details about all these types. Next week, we are going to be talking about type five. We're up to mm-hmm. type five in the Enneagram, but we'll also be talking about supplements, vitamins and supplements, what, which ones we take and our thoughts on the whole situation.
0: Yeah, and it's going to be a deep dive. It's not just going to be like what, you know, multivitamins should you take every day. But, you know, we've heard talk about magnesium and turmeric and like there's, you know, there are, if you go into a health store, there are a million different things that you should, you know, that you're going to be recommended to take. So we're going to try to sift through it and pare down, you know, some of the best things for you to take for whatever ails you. Thanks for joining us. Continue the selfie conversation with us on Instagram at, at Selfie Podcast and on Facebook at facebook.com backslash selfie podcast. You can also visit
1: our website to check out the resources we've talked about in each episode at selfiepodcast.com. Make sure to subscribe to Selfie on iTunes so that you can catch up with us next week. A
0: huge thanks to Shepherd Audio for our intro music. Take care.